and welcome to LawPod. I am Lee Hedgemantelis, the principal of Brighton's Lawyers, and today we have with us another very special guest, a gentleman with whom we enjoy both a commercial and a personal relationship. Welcome to Andrew Voss. Now, Channel 9 now, did mm. you remain then in television or did you end up back at, at, on radio at all? Um, kept, calling? Kept, kept my hand in at radio. So I did radio for I did radio for seven, seven and a half years before I got into television, then sort of 18 years straight there at, at nine, but always kept my hand in radio. I loved radio. Okay. L- loved the immediacy of radio. There's, there's, there's no question in radio it's a very small team. You can just mm. basically open the mic and go on. Yep. And I did that many times with, with stories, whereas television you need a lot of different areas and, and you know working with your cameraman and your audio assistant, your producer, all those things. So no, still, still loved and still love radio and, and had a very tough decision to make in 1994 where I went from radio to TV. I was very torn. Like for three, four weeks, I had no idea what to do. I mean, almost in tears when I had to hand in a resignation and leave radio, but took up the opportunity at, um, at Channel 9. Okay. Calling a game on radio as compared to calling a game on yeah. television... Now, there'd have to be subtle differences, I would have thought. Yeah. You've got to create the visuals for yep. on, on radio. Yeah. How do you approach it? Is, I mean, do, are, are you conscious of that? Yeah, it's been a long while since I've done games on radio, but, but still loved it. But you are just constantly relaying that information, whereabouts in the field they are, how, how many metres in from the touchline. There's all those words which you lose when you're doing TV commentary. And I also think for the radio audience, which is in and out, I mean, you can't say the score enough. You know, you basically say the score at the end of every set and and how long to go and all those sorts of things. So all those little details, all those 1% you're putting into your radio call and it becomes one long continuous sentence with sponsorship credits and what have you. Whereas television, obviously, um, you can let it breathe. But I still think in television, you know, the role of the commentator is to constantly create that sense of anticipation. I always say, and and look, I'll defend this position, and it's probably not what every television boss who's overseen the career of Andrew Voss would agree with, but I've always taken the approach that I'm calling the game. Let's say the Tigers are playing the Eels. I'm not calling the game for Tigers and Eels fans. I'm calling the game for the other 14 groups of fans to keep them interested. So if you're not, I'm there to call the game to create it. Look, something could happen here. Tigers are 15th. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. No, no, I'm no, your no, hypothetical no. example. Well, we're not 15th at the no, moment. I'm just saying if 15th is playing bounced, 14th. I think we've bounced up the 14th or 13th. I, or I still say a commentator's yep. job is to create something good could happen here. A team, Absolutely. A team's going terribly, but they've got yep. the ball 20 metres out. Pick up the tempo of the commentary. This could be their chance. Mm. Here they go. Even if they're 18 points down. I think that's a commentator's uh, one of the main roles of the commentator in a rugby league match. I think you're right. I think um, and a, as an interesting social experiment, watch a game of rugby league without commentary mm. and then watch it with commentary and see what yeah. you enjoy the most. Now, you said you're an avid rugby league follower growing yeah. up. Did you have a team too controversial? I think I know I think I know the answer to this question. Am I in the witness stand now? Not, no, no, no. no but I think, I, think I do know the answer to this well, question. Well, look, I'm youngest of three boys. Yep. So basically couldn't go for either team they had. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so living in the area, so Parramatta and Balmain were yep. the choice. Not that my oldest brother was a big rugby league fan, but he had an Eels jumper. So he yep. was Eels. Martin, my middle brother, was Balmain. So I had to pick a team, and I liked bunny rabbits. Oh. So that was the motivation for saying the Rabbitohs were my team. Yep. But, you know, I just, and I, and I say this sincerely, Lee, I fell in love with the game. See, mm. I would just, I just went to any game I could get to, and I didn't care who was playing. It was. Leichhardt Oval on a Wednesday night to watch all those old midweek cup games, even when they weren't even, you know, premiership sites. Wide Bay versus whoever. Mm. I mean, I went along and that was great. I went to Henson Park. I went to Cumberland. I went to North Sydney Oval. I went to, you know, I went everywhere just to see this sport that I loved. It Mm. was my life. 
Because what, what's interesting is that if you are a follower of a, of a team and you're calling that team, mm. you've got to disassociate yourself. And yeah. there's been a lot of criticism lately on social media of people like Gus calling mm. Bulldogs games yeah. or Joey Johns calling Newcastle games, Mick Ennis calling Parramatta games because they're on the payroll. I don't see any particular issue with it as such. I think no. these are professionals and they call the game um, yeah, in, I, in that sense. Can I say this? I, I, this, is, this is probably criticism mm. of um, some of my colleagues. I don't like the term we, mm. I, you know, I, I, I appreciate that blokes may have played for, or, you know, New South Wales or Queen. I don't like them using we. I, I don't mind it in fun. I mean, fatty, quite obviously, Queensland, Wally, yeah, you can have course. your fun. Yeah. But I, I, I think you, you shouldn't overdo that. But if you think about social media now, and there's a lot of hate out there, if you haven't noticed mm. that, I basically get, I, I, I monitor the feedback and I would say that I get accused of death riding every team, mm. uh, that I'm biased against every team that I call. I mean, that's both the... The home and away on bias in every single game against Bayes. It was impossible to do. So I like to confuse people, and I've been in the past a member of every single club. So that means that with the membership packs, I get all the caps and the lanyards and all that, and I'll go into the newsagent one day and I'll have a Broncos cap on, and I'm like, ah, ha, ha, mm. I knew it, boss. <laughs> you Broncos fan, it comes through. You're a Broncos suck. Mm. The next day I'll go into that same newsagent with a Raiders cap, and the same bloke will walk in and go, huh? He won't have a clue. I mean, I'm a member of the Bulldogs, a member of the Titans, the Cowboys now, the Rabbits, the Storm, the Warriors. I think. You know, I just, I, I, I say this. I'm a supporter of the game first and foremost. All right. So you're on TV, Channel Nine predominantly, and you're featuring heavily at the time on the Footy Show. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Enjoyed Uh, that. Yeah, had a little pork pie hat and uh, got around. You know, interviewing people like Fabio was an interesting one Mm. um, with Mario Phoenix underpants, uh, trying to sell them the stuff, the fun we had with Mario back in the day. Yep, Um, they were up for anything, street talks, all those sorts of things. Yeah, it was a pretty wild show to work on. Mm. But just just goes back to the point we made earlier about a a show like that. And as you say, you bring some of that in with the fan because Mm. I think the fans, I think the players are uniquely placed to be themselves in this game. Yeah. And they've got a lot to offer. And I think people 100%. are really interested in knowing who they are and what they do. Yeah, and I and I say that because because of the, probably the you know, footy shows fallen by the wayside. I mean, that was the highest profile program mm. to promote our rugby league players to to put a you know, personality to the name and a face to the name and that's now gone. So working for Fox League, I mean, we have more hours, obviously, mm. to put out rugby league content and to, you know, push forward the players and the personalities and stories. And, you know, there, there's some good talent there. There's some work needed to be done. Probably more. I always used to be very envious of the AFL, watching the AFL footy show and didn't matter who they put yep. on the panel, they handled themselves so well. So, you know, we, we probably, we're to blame for that. We're probably to blame for not promoting mm. our players enough mm. and giving them opportunities. But, um, you know, I, I just I say, and I've done a bit of media training now with rugby league players, and I just run them through different scenarios, and all they need to know is they just got we want it, we want a bit of them. You know, we want peel away a few layers of the onion, be a bit silly if you want to, but speak from the heart. I think people respect that. We have a, a question from a listener preparing for the calling of the game. Mm. Now, if you're calling three games over a weekend, yeah. right? There are 17 players in each squad. That's 34 players there yeah. alone, and over three games, and three times 34 is 102. That's 102 yeah. players. Yeah. Now, many of those players would be instantly recognisable, mm. but there all, there would be many who are not. Yeah. How do you prepare? Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a pen and paper man. Always have been. I mean, I've, now obviously all my all my uh, information is now on the laptop, but basically I have a data file, personally made by Andrew Voss. There's no system to it other than I keep notes 365 days of the year. If I read something in the off season that a player, you know, got married, had a baby, 
hurt his knee, I'll make a note of that mm. because and, and that book of those notes becomes my brain. And then when I get round to calling those two teams that week, I'll, while I'll have all the information I'll update for that pertinent to that game, I'll also go back to my book, my my brain book, and say, all right, I'll well, during the off season, you know, Dane Laurie did this, 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 and I'll put that into his story, into that. Now, when the game comes around, I might only use ten percent of the notes, but it's all there. It's all these are Andrew Voss original sheets of players, and I've and I've done it for every game I've ever done. Lee, be it a schoolboy game, I will try and ascertain as much information about that kid that I'm calling that mainly ever get one game on TV, but I'll try and find out a little bit more. What's his nickname? What's his good subject? Any other sports he's good at? You know, what's his junior club outside of school? What other sports? I'll try and have that in front of me so I can present that. So I'm a creature of habit when it comes to that. Like, And again, what we spoke about earlier, both a good and a bad thing, because that's very time heavy mm. in doing that preparation. I mean, I, I, I have to allow that time every week and if, it, if it prep for a game takes three hours it takes three hours some games yeah. a little bit quicker but it, it is what it is I'll go searching for things and I'll find them and you know and, and add that to my notes and again that's just the way I prepare but that, that ancillary information that you're referencing nicknames the like or some interesting anecdote mm. regarding the play I think that adds to the commentary as well that adds to the listeners enjoyment of the game and understanding it well I'll say this though just in balance um, what I have learned over the years is don't feel like you have to use them all either mm. you know don't don't confound yep. the viewer with constant streams of information and stats. He did this, he did this, he did this. It's not the Tour de France where that's mm. all they do in the cycling commentary. You know, they're churning out facts and figures over five and a half hours. This is a rugby league game. But if it presents itself and that player scores a try, then you've got that little window of opportunity to add those bits to the, to the call, again, to perhaps attract and keep interested the viewer or listener who's not a fan of those two sides. All right. Well, Andrew, you've been involved in the game now for well over 30 years. Yep. You've seen a lot of changes. Yeah. The state of the game today, is it as good as it's ever been, do you think, with all these rule changes and the like? Do you like what you see mm. as a fan, putting aside the fact that you're a professional you know, commentator involved in the, in the calling of the game itself? But as a fan <laughs> itself, where does the game stand today? The, the game, the product, and this sounds a little wishy-washy. I loved it then. I love it now. I, I really do. I, I have gone with the flow, and, and that is through a game that, through its you know six four grand finals and toughness of of um, late seventies, early eighties, and 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 then the great teams, the Canberra teams, and that of the late eighties. I've loved it all the way through. I, I can't honestly say that I've had a favourite time for rugby league. I mean, I'll, I'm looking forward to this weekend's games as much as I did when I was an eight year old kid going to the games on the weekend. I. I hope that just sounds like a rugby league romantic. Look, there's there's elements of the game that mm. yeah, not necessarily fussed about and question different ones when we did have the set restart thing and I didn't like that and I'm glad they made that change this year that it gets away too far away from the game of rugby league. But I still appreciate the gladiatorial skills of our players, incredibly tough. Yeah, you know, we took fighting out and all those sorts of things. The game's still bloody tough. Yeah, look, I, and I, it's I great agree. entertainment. Yeah, I agree with you. My concern there for a little while was the number of rule changes that were being mm. made. If you look at something like soccer, for example, um, I can only remember one rule change that you can't kick the ball back to the keeper. That's right, the only right. rule change yeah, I can yeah, remember yeah, that's ever been made in the mm. history of the game. And I was a bit concerned then that we were actually making too many changes, yeah. making changes for change's sake. Yeah. You've got to be really careful with that because you don't want to lose the essence of it. But as you say, I don't think they have. They might they might fiddle around with the peripheral sort yeah. of stuff and they've done that. But the essence of the game will always remain I, the same. I, I, look, I'll say something and then maybe, again, it's not with the, the popular opinion. Mm. See, I don't like the captain's challenge. So that I don't like too many stoppages. Mm. So I even though people say, oh, no, but that's getting decisions right. No. Well, 
no, we'll, I'll live with that. What, well, what, you part, lose your captain. You lose your captain's getting... challenge in the first minute. For yep. the next seventy nine minutes, what you've got to cop every bad call. Yep. So to me, let's. I, I'm fine if they got rid of the captain's challenge tomorrow. I wouldn't bat an eyelid. You know, so that I wasn't a supporter of that. It's the stoppages that probably that I don't like so much. Mm. Well, and part of the game is accepting not only the, the right decisions, but also the wrong decisions. That's part of the game. True. And then moving on. And hopefully it all balances out. Yeah. Okay, over the last 30-odd years, the best team that you have ever seen. Ooh, best team that I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, not just well, not, not a one-off performance, yeah, but the best team. Yeah, well, look, I look. some of what Melbourne have done has been... Like, I have loved calling Melbourne for many years. I, I think in some of their winning years, they weren't necessarily the greatest team to watch. But, uh, gee... On their day, superb entertainment. And, and most recently, you know, you saw what they did to the Warriors and some extraordinary stats out of that. Yep. But I'll go further back. So I loved the Canberra teams as a round-the-grounds reporter for Radio 2UE. I mean, I got to see Canberra at their very best. And yep. I'm talking, you know, Brad Clyde and Laurie yep. Daly and Mal and, and others doing their thing. Brett Mullins, when he came through, uh, to see them demolish sides. I saw Brisbane doing the same there for a while through 92, 93. So, but, th- but then I think of, well... Gee, I've been lucky enough to go to Rugby League World Cups and then watch the Australian side click, and I've been very lucky. Look, even even a team like the Warriors. Now, for a while there, I called for Sky Sport New Zealand. When they had an on-day Lee, it was incredibly entertaining. Mm. Sean Johnson at his best, fantastic to watch. Well, the year Conrad Harrell, Golden Boot, yeah. those sort of yeah. players. So you know, there's been those little snippets along the way, and being a Rabbitohs mm. fan as a kid, you know, I loved it. You know, totally different football altogether. But the Souths pack that had the Rampling brothers and Les Davidson and David Boyle and Mario Fennick when they locked horn with the Balmain Tigers and Kerry Hemsley and Steve Roach and Ciro, love that. That's some of the best yeah. football I saw. I mean, I'll put aside my uh, bias, of course, with the Balmain and the Western Suburbs Magpies mm. teams, but that Parramatta team of the early '80s from oh, seven yeah. from seven yeah. to one was just phenomenally gifted and talented yeah. I mean I, I I rate Brett Kenny as one of mm. the greatest players that I've ever had the privilege of watching brilliant brilliant player and then as you say the Canberra team of the early mm. 90s of course were, yeah. were, were very very good so we've seen we've been blessed we've seen some great teams oh that's right and I and I think more great teams the better I yeah. I, I I think a champion team is a good thing. It's the same as like horse racing. Having champion horses makes people want to watch. People saying at the moment, oh, Penrith and Melbourne putting a gap in them, mm-hmm. that's a bad... No, I think it's a good thing. They'll no, drag, no. They, they should drag, drag everyone along. Drag everyone, drag everyone up. Along. What, Absolutely. what they're doing is no secret. They're the Penrith's defence. So, yeah, no, I think mm-hmm. having champion teams, you define eras by champion teams. Yeah. You had a segment on the show recently with Greg and when you were calling for uh, people to call in and identify the most exciting sporting event that they've ever seen live. Yeah. Okay. Now, we've not not speaking generally, though, sporting yes. events, we'll yes. just speak about rugby league for the yep. moment. Are there any standouts? Yeah, look, for me, and it's very personal, because I so being lucky enough to go across to the um, to the World Cup, and I went in 2000 and uh, 2013, and both times the finals were at Old Trafford, the Theatre of Dreams. On both occasions, got to go to Wembley and, and witness games. I went to Old Trafford the first time and there was only 44,000. I went to Old Trafford the second time in 2013 and we had the world record test crowd of over 75,000. To be at a stadium like that, and Australia put on a bit of a clinic there, New Zealand didn't have a very good day. and um, It's where Brett Morris goes flying over the fence and, <laughs> and all Ouch. these sorts of things. It, you, you're caught up in the whole event. That To be at that is so incredibly exciting. To be an Australian on the other side of the world calling the game you love, like getting to call it work. So that's an incredibly indulgent answer. But for me, that's as good as it gets. Mm. Like, you know, I can die tomorrow happy 
knowing that I was there for that moment. Is there an actual moment in the game? No, but the whole thing is. The whole thing, being at Old Trafford, world record crowd, watching rugby league, calling rugby league was um, truly fantastic. As for individual moments, well, there's so many of them. Most recently, there'll be a try, I remember, for the, as long as I live, but that was Manly and the Cowboys last year where, you know, the siren sounds and Ruben Garrick picks up the ball a centimetre from the dead ball line and they go the distance and Tom Trebojevic at the end of this incredible regular season scores the try at the end of a day where he'd made, you know, 27 tackle bust run yeah. for 7,000 metres and scored already a handful of tries. It was just an incredible moment. There's been yeah. so many of them through my career, but, you know, there's one that just comes to mind that was yeah. just extraordinary. I think for me, the most exciting game of football I've ever personally witnessed would have been the Cowboys win the grand final. It was just a phenomenal Tigers, night. Cowboys, yeah, yeah. No, 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 the Cowboys-Broncos. Oh, Cowboys-Broncos yeah, yeah, winning no, the grand final. No, okay, I, sure. No, no, I wasn't here in 05. I was no. away. I was overseas. I missed the 05 Do you know where I was? I'll tell you something that people may call it, and a lot of the players say it's the best try they ever saw was Benji's flick pass to Pat Richards 05. Yeah, no, Do you know where I was when he scored the try? And I'm at the game, remember? Yeah. I was in the lift. Okay. I was in the lift because you had to break from the commentary area. I was hosting the grand final coverage for Channel 9 and had to get up to the host position up on level five, right at the top, far top corner. So I had to break away like two minutes before halftime to get to the host position. So I'm, I'm in a lift on my way, missing what had happened. One of the most famous tries in rugby league. I'm in a lift. Well, I'm a bit concerned to actually disclose where I was that night because oh. I had booked a family holiday during the course of the year, many months ahead. Wow. The West Tigers were not doing particularly well by around the middle of the year. I yes. think we'd won oh, six God. from 15, of course, yeah. according to Tim Sheen. Yeah. So we had no chance. So yeah. I booked an end-of-year holiday. I was watching Celine Dion at Caesars Palace that yeah. night. Oh, wow. uh, when the Tigers were winning the 05 Grand well, Final. No, I don't think I've ever publicly disclosed hey, that before. Lee, but that's who I was watching. You, you talk about great moments too and you, the yeah. things that you've seen, exciting moments. I mean, hairs on the back of the neck stand up yep. when I watched Benji Marshall at his best that yep. game against Cronulla that year. The the, the flick, you know, the step, the step, the, the, the pass without looking and down they go and Daniel Fittenry scores the try. Very fortunate. Again, I was there yep. for that, to call that in commentary. That's a moment that survives you know 100 years i'll be dead 100 years i'll still be playing that try absolutely the best non-rugby league sporting moment that you've ever witnessed can can i be honest it's not something i called that but i was covering so i was the reporter for for excitement Mm -hmm. i've got to say and this is as a rookie reporter going way back being inside the ropes for a number of events has been incredible so when i worked for the sydney turf club this is even before i'm in the media 1986 golden slipper I'm, I'm in charge of handing out the trophies. So I'd get the trophies out of the box and take them, get them ready for the presentation, put them back in. That was part of my jobs on race day. Being at the winning post when Bowding Away won, owned, bred by TJ Smith in the TJ Colours coming down the win, the Golden Slipper was incredible. Being right there, you can go back and watch mm. the replay now. Who's that black rod on the winning post? That's me. We'll do that. You know, <laughs> And then the same could be said when I was a rookie reporter for 2UE, being sent to Bathurst for the first time. And that gave me access to be inside pit lane like right mm. up the fence when when it's when green light go that's an incredible moment and mm. then being there for the checkered flag at the end of the race they're great moments i can only imagine what it's like to be at a grand prix yeah. overseas or something I, I i found those to be you know very memorable moments like <laughs> how good's this for me the opening ceremony of the 2000 games in sydney mm. i was fortunate enough to be there 110,000 people but the spirit the oh, yeah. the, the, the the community spirit we were sitting next to people from all around the world and people just could not have been more excited. It was a phenomenal event. Closely followed, this is non-rugby league, of course, closely followed by Cathy Freeman's semi-final win. Mm. I was there for that, 110,000 people. Mm. Closely followed by Cathy Freeman's win 
mm. and I was there for that. 113,000 people they yeah. crammed into ANZ that night, if it was called ANZ back L- then. Lee, don't let me go to hell, yeah. and I'll say this quietly because yeah. some rugby league fans are going to say, Voss is surely not going to talk rugby union. When you throw in great events, mm. I would say, and I got to call on radio, the British and Irish Lions. Yep. That, that was a pretty incredible atmosphere to attend. I, I went to one of the tests up in Brisbane. Where, and when you know what it's like when you go to a game at Suncorp, you walk in from the city. Like walking in from the city to the ground is a good, you know, 20 minutes mm. and singing fans all the way. Like it was something and you just got yep. moved into the ground and then they win. And then down in Sydney when they won, it was, you know, on come Sweet Caroline and all that. Well, Pretty incredible moments. Went to a Bledisloe Cup game a few years ago, quite a few years ago now. And I think I left at half time. Mm. Uh, it was just, it became a kick fest. I lost mm. complete interest in it. And then not long after that, I think the British Lions were out here and they were playing. 80,000 people there at Homebush uh, singing the entire time. Yeah. Loved it. Loved yeah. every minute of it. Great atmosphere, yeah. great game. Yeah. Well, well, back in rugby league, the same, I could say, you know, a little bit out of the mainstream rugby league, but going to games in the south of France. Mm. Uh, if I may, Lee, it was like, it was at the 2013 World Cup and I caught a cab that was going to Perpignan. The cab driver got me close to the ground and just stopped because people were walking. He said, no, 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 out, out, out. I, I took the message that he wanted me to go because he wasn't going to get in traffic. So I just had to get out of the cab and walk the last two Ks. It was the best thing ever because I walked to the ground. It was a bit like walking down, the, down to Leichhardt Oval, except they were speaking another language. Mm. They were all passionate, all excited. They get yep. there, the anthem plays, they're in tears. You know, they're pretty incredible moments to be at. That's yeah. a rugby league moment, that one. But if I could have a moment that I haven't been at, that I would love to be at, in a sporting context, could you put me on the final table of World Series of Poker event? That I'd just lap that up. That oh, is that be, right? That would as, be... As a participant? In, or in another it? life. Well, I've always said I wouldn't mind my sons playing mm. and they cut away to a crowd shot and yep. they said, there's, there's the boy's father. Taught them everything they know. Oh. I'd love that moment. <laughs> but being at the table myself would yep. be fantastic, but okay. that'd have to be another life, Lee. Yeah, another look, life. yeah, I don't mind the card games, but I think my bucket list would be something like, I don't know, Wimbledon men's final or... Augusta, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's, um, you saw Augusta this year. It got you pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't the pictures mind. there yeah. now. I, I play golf occasionally. They don't. Mm. I don't play what they they play a different game. Mm. I mean, it's just phenomenal. But but I think Wimbledon men's final. I think might be might be bucket list sort of item. I think that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll pick. I'll put golf over tennis. But you want to yeah. have the access. You you don't get yeah. the, at the course when you're out on the course. It's a great ambience being anywhere mm. on a golf course in a tournament. But. Yeah. How are you going to be there? How are you going to get the best nah. seat in the house for the uh, Super Bowl? Moment? I've been invited there a couple of times. Robbie mm. Farrow invited me over one year. I didn't go, but everyone raves about that event as well. Mm. That's supposed to be a lot of fun. But I'll, I'll eventually tick mm. off things like NFL mm. games yeah. and, and EPL games. I haven't haven't been to. Oh, any, well, so. I've done an, a couple of NFL mm. games. I did um, the Cowboys in at AT and T Stadium. Right. Eighty two thousand people there on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. It was just, and in fact, it was the day after the Oklahoma. Uh, Sooners played the Texas Longhorns, the college game yeah. of football, 110,000 people at a college game. Yeah. Just just mind-boggling. All right, Andrew, we've covered all your professional career and whatever, mm. but you, you're a busy man outside of that as well. There's yes. a, there's, a, there's a, an interest that you have with your wife, Simone. Yes. Um, well, this is an opportunity for tell, to tell us all about that. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, the company is Simone Voss Luxury Fragrances, but the brand we have of candles, diffusers, hand wash, body wash, hand and body lotionly, is Mr. Voss. Now, that was never the intention, but Simone went overseas to do all her training. She did that in the south of France, fragrance, and she did candle making in Belgravia outside of London with uh, Rachel Voss. But these one-on-one sessions so she could come back to Australia, speak the language with all the makers here in the fragrance houses and that sort of thing. But in conversation with people across you in the places where she'd been in the south of France, oh, no, no, Voss, that's a great name. That should be your brand. It shouldn't be something else. Hmm. It's, it's, it's Voss. It's Mr. Voss. 
So she came when she came back. She said, "Do you mind if we use your name?" I said, "Oh, okay, right." So, so it became a brand. So, Mr. Voss is the brand, but don't think there's much glamour in the actual Mr. Voss having any sort of high and mighty rot. No, I, I pack mm, perhaps, boxes and perhaps. tape and do some accounts and you know try and keep up to date with the tax department oh. and things like that. But very proud of what Simone's created because it's a beautiful product. The fact that it's in you know shops Australia wide and and across New Zealand. New Zealand's a great um, supporter of the brand. is fantastic. And hopefully, um, you know, by the end of the year, headed um, to other international markets as well. So pretty excited about that. Well, Going to be well, busy. Well done to you and to Simone. So if someone wanted to buy these products, where would you find uh, them? Yes, well, we do have stockists. You can just go to the website to find out the list of stockists, uh, simonevossluxury.com, and you'll find the stockists. You can buy online as well. But we love you if you support our, our stockists, as I say, across Australia and New Zealand. Outstanding. Andrew, this has been a lot of fun for me. Mm. Uh, to get to know you a little bit better and I think our listeners will get to know you um, in and outside of the, your, your current profession and of course they can listen to you on SEN uh, every morning. I thought you were going to talk more about the band like you wanted to actually no, hear some no, songs lost, or no, go no, out with a no, song no. like would it, if no. you had Keith Urban in here you'd get him to play something no, wouldn't no. you? No? I, no I got the impression that you play the guitar as well as I do. Don't you want the song Love You Like a Dog? No, 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 it doesn't come out of the Beatles, I'm not really interested to be honest with you, Uh, circa 1962-1970 Liverpool, that's the focus of my my musical attention. Anyways, well, look, you know, good luck on SEN. It's been outstanding. I listen every morning. You have some phenomenal guests, but there's a there's a young fellow that appears on Tuesday mornings about eight oh five a.m. He's outstanding talent. Outstanding talent. Yeah, he's a bit. You've got to lock him up. His name escapes me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Brian Gorshin, is it? No, 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 he's he's 820. That's right. Oh, yes, that's it. People can listen in themselves next Tuesday, next Tuesday, 8.05. I really enjoy that segment, to be honest with you, because I get get notification Mm. as to the sort of subject matters that you boys are interested in, and I do a little bit of research on it or whatever, but it's an opportunity for me to to go outside my area, my comfort zone as well. But isn't it amazing? And and, and we are being being silly there, but um, Lee had you pen tell us as the guest and explains things in layman's terms, because every week something presents mm. itself in the world of sport that we can get the legal put it in legal context that we need help with yeah, it absolutely. seems like we there is never a dull week and we find mm. ourselves having to um to have things explained and and that's been through some serious court cases and some other matters what you can and can't do social media so no your contribution very valued lee mm. and uh and and valued by the listener no thank you but it's as, as you say it's always interesting that any drama in sport usually involves a legal component to it mm. i mean the other day i was talking to the boys about wimbledon's decision to ban uh, Russian and Belarusian yeah. uh, players yeah. and it's you know well can they do that it's an interesting conundrum but again thank you very much and thank you to SEN of course for making you available uh, thank you to all our listeners and of course uh, we are available to you on all our social media platforms including Facebook Twitter and Instagram and if you do wish for us to address a particular topic contact us directly at lawpod at so that's it for me and uh, we'll catch up with you again shortly mm-hmm.